0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kliss's Mic Drop. This is the Broncos post-draft edition. Thank you for tuning in to us here today. The Broncos uh, have had a very busy offseason. I would say they're one of the top five in free agency where they mostly address the defensive side with uh, you know, with, with trades for A.J. Boye, at cornerback, defensive tackle Jarrell Casey, and then on the offensive side, running back Melvin Gordon and right guard uh, Graham Glasgow. So some big uh, some big ticket items there. And then in the draft, they had uh, 10 picks and they went heavy, uh, doubling down on the firepower with Jerry Judy in the first round, KJ Hamler going right back to back with a, a speedy receiver in the second round. Uh, Then they started addressing their needs, but they had 10 picks. Only seven undrafted rookies that they signed, a a low number. Um, One reason why I think they gave Levante Bellamy, a running back from Western Michigan, a $25,000 signing bonus. So we're going to go over all 10 draft picks. We're going to go over the seven undrafted rookies that they signed. And then for a real treat, the reason why uh, you should be tuning in here is the interview that I had. Uh, on Friday night, following rounds two and three with Vic Fangio and John Elway. Uh, it was a lengthy interview, about uh, 16, 17 minutes long. Uh, they were relaxed, they were humorous. Uh, they gave me a lot of guff. Um, I, I, was, uh, I, I had a good time with them, as, uh, and you'll be able to hear that. And they also had some very insightful answers on the overall philosophy on the team, their overall philosophy on this draft. So let's go uh, uh, through this real quick. Uh, First of all, uh, with their 10 draft picks, Jerry, Judy at number 15. Everyone had the Broncos taking Judy. They knew Judy was uh, their first choice. No one expected him to be there at 15. They were not going to trade up um, because they were hoping to save their ammunition. They had three picks in the third round. They're hoping to move up into the first round to take Patrick Queen. They didn't get that done. They also had uh, Ken Murray in their sights. But they had two strategies to this draft. One, uh, Jerry Judy or C.D. Lamb. There was the the receivers from Alabama and Oklahoma respectively. If they were there, they were going to take one. If both were gone and, again, the Broncos weren't trading up, they were t- going to trade back and take Ken Murray, uh, the, the um linebacker from Oklahoma, or Patrick Queen, the linebacker from LSU. Um, When they got Judy, uh, first of all, both Judy and Lamb were there. They took Judy because he's a route runner. He's different from Cortland Sutton. I think C.D. Lamb is is similar to Sutton in both style and in speed. Uh, So once they took Judy, um, they still had K.J. Hamler, uh, in their sights in the second round, and uh, they they're hoping to get a Murray or Queen, um, you know, as Nine News first reported, uh, both on Nine News and in uh, you know on Nine News uh, they tried uh, they had something in the works at Tennessee at number twenty nine, uh, he was picked by Wink Martindale and the Ravens at number twenty eight, so they didn't get the job done there, uh, but they tried you know you try in um, the second round they take uh, Hamler third round at number seven if they had to do it over again they took Michael uh, Ojemudia, Ogier, Oje Mudia cornerback from Iowa and then they tried to trade up at to 79 to take uh, uh, to take the temple center Hennessy Matt Hennessy uh, but at 78 the Atlanta Falcons took uh uh, Hennessy and so the, the Broncos at number 83 took the next best center which was Lloyd Cushenberry from LSU uh, then uh, at 95 Mel uh, McTelvin Agum defensive tackle defensive end from Arkansas he had not showed up on too many uh, draft boards in the top three rounds uh, Broncos uh, saw him and and someone liked him, Fangio had some uh, say about Ujimudia and Agum uh, then in the fourth round, they take Albert O. Uh, O'Kee o- uh, Bonham uh, from Missouri, the tight end, uh, who's a lot like Noah Fant. I was surprised by that one. That's that's uh, Drew Locke's old uh, uh, tight end. He had big two big years with Locke as his quarterback. Albert O. did not play well as his senior. Uh, then in the fifth round, after missing out on that inside linebacker, they take Justin Stranad an inside linebacker from Wake Forest. In the sixth round, Natane Moody, a left guard from Fresno State. Interesting pick. Um, He would have been a second rounder had he not been hurt, but he was hurt each of the last two years, Achilles and a Liz Frank. So, uh, uh, you know, you take the high risk, high reward type guy in the sixth round. In the seventh round, they take uh, Tyree Cleveland. He's a project. And then an edge rusher, uh, Derek Tuska of uh, North Dakota State. They want him to compete with Malik Reed. So that's their uh, ten draft picks that they took. Then in the um, undrafted, they sign uh, Levante Bellamy. Give him a nice bonus. A running back. Uh, Zamari Manning, uh, another receiver. They give him at uh, Tarleton State twelve thousand five hundred. That's a pretty good bonus. Uh, then Kendall Hinton, another receiver, ten grand. Riley Neal, a quarterback from Vanderbilt. Uh, they take. Um, they had their sights on Loworki from Michigan State, but at the last minute, Pat Shermer, uh, whose son played at Vanderbilt, Riley Neal was. Uh, uh, Kyle Schirmer's backup. The Broncos take Riley Neal. Uh, Douglas Coleman, a safety um, with a lot of picks at Texas Tech. Uh, a left tackle, Hunter Watts uh, they take, and then a saying Bassey, a cornerback from Wake Forest. Those are the seven. So now we're going to bring in Vic Fangio and also John Elway who were uh, my interview on Friday night. I think you're going to enjoy this interview. See what had, they had to say on the draft. This is through the first three rounds. So it comes up uh, through Judy, through Hamler, through Uja Mudia, through Lloyd Cushenberry, and through McTelvin Agam. I hope you enjoy the interview, and then I'll come back on the other side uh, to recap uh, where the Broncos are uh, going forward. So enjoy the interview, and then we'll be back with Kliss's uh, mic drop uh, right after this. Alright guys, John, Vick, uh, John, I'll start with you. Uh, you pulled a surprise on some people with K.J. Hamler. I knew you guys liked him, but I thought you might like him in the second round if you took another position in the first. When he took the receiver Judy in the first, I don't think many people thought you would take Hamler in the second. Go ahead and talk about doubling down with your offensive firepower there.
1: Well, I mean, I think when we went through our mic drafts and we talked about our strategy and the fact of how things may fall in the first round, definitely tied into the second round. And, you know, if uh, obviously we're looking for a wide receiver in the first round, it fell very well for us there getting Jerry. But then again, as I, Mick and I talked about, as well as Matt Russell and, and Starkey and the fact that, hey, listen, we could go wide out, wide out. And... uh because of what we need offensively and to be able to start putting some points on the board. So there was, I asked taking wide receiver in the first round that definitely did not take us out of wide receiver in the second round. We liked KJ that much to of his speed and explosiveness, explosiveness. So we were prepared and that's what we were hoping actually is that it fell that way and, and fortunately it did.
0: Vic, what was your thought? You're on the defensive side of the ball, I guess primarily, you're the head coach over everything. But where where were you? Were you saying, hey, uh, let's take this corner? What about this uh, inside linebacker? Should we double up on offense in the second round? What were you thinking on that process of Hamler? I was
2: um, totally on board with that. I mean, you know, the game is uh, won and lost with, uh, obviously everybody knows about the turnovers and whether you make them or not and get them but it's also by big plays. And uh, this guy has the ability to make big plays and uh, he's very explosive. He's not just a fast guy that can run straight ahead. This guy can run really good routes, um, has a good knack for getting open. And when he does get the ball in his hands, he can be uh, pretty damn tough to get down. So the more weapons you have on offense, the better off you are and the harder you are to defend. and there was no um, nobody had the thought of hey we drafted a receiver in the first round let's not do it in the second that, that was not our thought at all and, and he was the highest graded guy on the board when we did take him too
0: the Chiefs you think um, you got their attention I know they're not scared of anybody right but um, they're the Super Bowl champs and they got the juggernaut offense but do you think maybe you've got their attention on what you're trying to do here
2: uh well we're just trying to get better we're not you know worried about getting anybody's attention um you know hopefully we've gotten better now it's our job to develop them fit them in logically to a scheme that works to the best of their abilities and utilizes everybody but i do know that between uh courtland and judy and hamler and Noah fant and uh you know tim patrick our other players, you know, we got some guys that can run and um, and stretch the field and turn a short pass into a big gain or get behind the defense and get a big play. And anytime you can do that, that, that helps. And uh, we obviously didn't score enough points last year, but I think we got a much better chance to do so this year.
0: John, uh, and then in the starting in the third round, uh, is it fair to say you address needs, more needs? Position You get a cornerback, uh, O.J. Moudia from Iowa, Cushenberry Center from LSU, and obviously the the need there after Connor McGovern left, and then another defensive lineman. So I I guess you you stacked up on offense, and I do mean it looks like on paper you're stacked on offense now. Um, Still about your quarterback, but then you went needs in the third round
1: yeah i mean i think that uh you know again we looked at our strategy of what we wanted to do and i think that uh, the board fell right for us in the first first round again the second round we wanted to get some explosiveness at the wide receiver position to add to what we had already we we're able to do that we also know that we needed a corner and i think that uh, you know it's, it's it's where everybody else projects uh, a a corner but uh, but but michael was high on our board and so whether he's projected in the fourth round. By the time we got into the third round, third round we had him targeted there. We thought that's where he should go, at least for in, in, as far as our terms were concerned. And so uh, we're happy that he was still there at 77. And then, you know, at that point in time, we're looking for the best player. Cushenberry is really a good football player that can play guard or center. He's had success down at LSU. <coughs> they won the national title. And so, you know, at that point in time, with where our board fell, in the position, as you said, the positions of need that we have. I mean, you know, you say need, it creates more competition. Um, and so we've got got—we've got that, we've created that with the players that we brought in. So we'll see how everything falls out.
0: There are uh, also, when you get through the third round, you start looking at, you know, positions that you didn't uh, select. And if, if, is it a vote of confidence for Garrett Bowles? I know a lot of people in town you know he's been uh, criticized because the holding penalties are out there on the pa system and the referee and he's been targeted a little bit by the fans and also todd davis you know at inside linebacker you, you almost had devin bush uh last year uh, i know you looked at uh, some inside linebackers uh yesterday but a, is that a vote of confidence for both those guys and you're going forward with both bowls and Todd Davis, John, I'll start with you on that.
1: Well, let, let me start here, Mike. If we if if we have Devin Bush, we don't have Drew Locke or or Lloyd Cushenberry. So, or no
0: that, offense.
1: So let's or no offense. So let's put that into perspective of when you talk about Devin Bush and the inside linebacker with Todd Davis if we don't have those three players, if if, instead of those three players, we have Devin Bush. So if we put that in perspective, things worked out really well for us. And so we've got to continue to do that. Todd Davis has still played good football for us. You know, he's got a year left on his contract. And so, you know, we expect that, uh, you know, obviously we'd like to try to get better inside and we'd like to try to get better a lot of other places too. So we'll see how things fall. But I think that, when we look back at what happened, if you mentioned Devin Bush, the players that we got instead of that, we feel pretty good about where we are.
0: And then Bowles, real quickly, um, he's your last guy. He's, he's
1: going to compete. Hey, Mike, Bowles is going to come in and compete. Obviously, everyone's frustrated with Derek and we, or Garrett. we got to stop. He's got to stop with the penalties. But he did some good things later in the year. He got better. You know, I think Mike, Coach Munchak did a heck of a job with Chris Cooper. They did a heck of a job with him. But he's a good, you know, he still has the ability. He's got to learn. We've got to stop the penalties. Those are unacceptable anymore. He's going into his fourth year. They have to stop. But Garrett's going to come in and compete. And, uh, you know, and Vic will tell you that, too, that he'll come in and compete with Eli at the left tackle. And uh, for Garrett to be able to, to move on in his career, he's going to have to correct those, po- those problems that he's had in the past as far as when it comes down to the penalties.
0: Yeah, Vic, you were saying yesterday. Everyone gets carried away or or we talk a lot about the new players. It's really more about the players you got improving. And for you guys to take the step up, Jawan James at right tackle and his progress probably means more than what Judy's going to do uh, as a rookie uh, if you guys are gonna make that next step. Garrett Bowles has to get better at left tackle. Uh, You know, Alexander Johnson, Todd Davis, uh, combo how do you see your team right now and is is that basically right that bowls james uh that combo right there at tackle are very important to the 2020 broncos
2: damn like you ask very long-winded questions um
0: <laughs> you know i start uh, i start asking a question and then my mind goes somewhere else and i i, I ask.
2: airtime must not be a problem for you <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't remember half the things you just asked But, um,
0: um, oh, I'll talk, I'll talk about, you, you know let's talk James and Bowles how about that yeah I mean Juwan James
2: played I think uh, 50 plays last year so obviously for us to get him back and healthy and play in the way that he thinks he's capable that we think he's capable of as well as he thinks he's capable of, that will obviously be a big boost for us. Uh, Bryce Callahan's in the same boat. You know, he played zero plays for us last year, had an unfortunate injury. Um, you mentioned um, the improvement that we hope to get out of Garrett Bowles. He's And also Elijah Wilkinson. You know, the best thing about um, James not playing last year, Elijah got to play. Almost the whole season. That's valuable for a young guy. And we're looking for him to take the next step. Uh, all those things are critical. Um, we still have young players as good as Justin Simmons played for us last year. We expect him to play even better. And he should. Kareem Jackson's in his second year in our system, playing safety for only the second year in his career. He should make great strides for us. You know, uh, Joan Draymond in the D-line, second year player, playing a little um, light for a lineman last year as a rookie, we, he'll probably put on some weight and have the year of experience. And we expect him to be a better player than we saw last year. Noah Fant, a rookie last year playing tight end, which is a hard position to come into the NFL and play. There's a lot involved there from a mental and schematic standpoint. He should be a lot better. So those, those, we're, we could go on and on and on, but those are the guys that have to – if those guys do all that, then this rookie class can contribute in a logical, systematic way and make us better. We don't expect them to come in here and carry us to the Super Bowl immediately. They can be a contributors if those other guys lead the way.
0: You're right. I need shorter questions, so I could just let you roll there, Coach. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> the uh, tell me, tell Coach, tell me about the defensive lineman from Arkansas, McTelvin Agum. Um,
2: you know, I I like the guy on tape. You know, he is not a finished product yet by any means, and you know, we, it was uh, late in the week. You know, maybe three, four, or five days ago, and. John brought his name up, and I really couldn't remember the guy. You know, we watched him in the draft names, but I hadn't watched him individually yet, and I came home and watched him that night. and I think the guy's got a chance. I agree with John's assessment of him. and um, we got to get him better. You know he is he needs a lot of coaching. And we'll see after we give get him a lot of coaching if he can be a good player for us and join the group, be one of our 5, 6, or 7 D linemen, and continue to develop. If he does that, he'll be better in year two than year one, he'll be better in year three than year two, but he's gonna have to show enough this year to warrant the spot on the roster.
0: John, final one here uh, for you. 2015, you win the Super Bowl with a defensive-oriented type team. These last four years, being a former quarterback, did you finally say, enough, got to get this offense going, got to get at, hey, if you're going to go down, at least be exciting about it and put points on the scoreboard?
1: You know what, Mike, I, I would tell you this, you know, after 2013, I said, okay, it's not all about, the, you know, it's not about scoring points and all those type things, how many points, and Peyton broke every record that year that was available, we go to the Super Bowl, get 43 to you beat 43 to 8. So, two years, you know, the next year we said, Okay, I'm gonna we're gonna commit to the defensive side, realize that we gotta play some defense. Obviously, we put a good defense together and, and played great in 2015, and that uh, we're able to win the Super Bowl. But, you know, it's, it's a great it, it, it's it's a still a combination of both, and I think that, uh, you know, we're building around a young guy that's still in Drew Locke that has still got a lot to prove showed us a lot in the, in the five games that he started last year but ultimately to win in this league you got to win as a football team and i think that uh, yeah as well as a coaching staff i feel great about the staff that Vic's put together we got i think we got a lot of great coaches there and and uh, you know and we we've got some quality kids that i think want to get coached and want to get better and i think that we've given them a chance to come in here and do that and, uh, you know, we, we've drafted kids that uh, have potential uh, to be able to get better. And so that's the key thing is we got to continue to get better. And, and obviously we're going to be very young. We're going to be very young on the offensive side. We've got some, some veteran leadership on the defensive side, and we're going to have to rely on the veteran leadership we have on the offensive side. But continue to work on this, put the right guys in the right spots. Um, you know, I think we're heading in the right direction. And, uh, but we got to take it one step at a time, and the players have to commit to uh, you know continue to work and get better each day
0: all right man well i appreciate it uh thanks for uh spending some time with me i i personally when hamler came there i'm like hey put him up put up those points and again let Vic worry about you know if he's got to get on the field a lot because the offense is going to uh, turn the game into a track meet you know it's not a bad style to play with
1: well, so, you know what, and, and I will say this is that Vic, or I mean Mike, we have not done a good job on the offensive side, um, you know, and we put a lot of pressure on our defense as we did in 2015. But uh, you know, it takes balance, and so the great thing is we've got great coaching on the defensive side. I think Vic's done, as I said, done a help job with the staff, and we've got quality coaches there, and so we got to have balance. But you have got to be able to put points on the board too, which we have done the last couple of years, and so. We can play great defense and play great offense and we're
0: going to have a good football team. Yeah, Vic, you're uh, you're going to have more possessions. You're not going to be the ground and pound that a lot of defensive coaches like.
2: Mike, I couldn't hear your question there.
0: Okay. I was saying, uh, and th- and I'll wrap it up right here, but this, the ground and pound, most defensive coaches like the ground and pound. You know, t- stay on the field, time possession, keep the defense on the bench. You don't mind playing track meets? That's, that's not me.
2: Okay. <laughs> you know, get that um, baby in the end zone. Once we, if we can get leads, you need to be able to run the ball when you need to run the ball. And you need to run the ball as a mix to help the passing game. But we need to get score points. And there's always times during a game or during a season where, yeah, you need to run it. Um, but that isn't me. I, I, I'm not Woody Hayes. And, uh, but I like to see points. I like to see the ball thrown around the field in a sensible, logical manner. And, you know, I like, you know, that's not me. I'm not, if there's that stereotype out there about defensive head coaches, I know for a fact, I don't fit that.
0: Good. Thanks, man. Yeah, uh, so as you, as you can see, uh, Vic Fangio and, and Elway gave me a little guff on the long question, which uh, basically I was trying to tiptoe around the tough question that uh, the heck with these new guys, uh, the key to the 2020 Broncos is uh, you got to get Juwan James and Bryce Callahan on the field, and Garrett Bowles has to pick it up at left guard. So what about the Broncos in 2020? Clearly, they're all in on Drew Locke. Uh, they did not get a, a name of all the name free agent quarterbacks that were out there. We're talking Brady, Winston, Cam Newton, Philip Rivers, Andy uh, Dalton. Now, um, Ryan Tannehill was uh, uh, looked like he was going to be available for the mi- for a minute. Those final five games, the Broncos decided to go in all in on Lock and give him weapons. So since last year, they added two starting, uh, two, this number two and a number three receiver to Cortland Sutton. You got Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler. They added two tight ends, Albert O, a rookie, Nick Vanette, a blocker who's also a good receiver, uh, at tight end to, to complement Noah Fant. At running back, Melvin Gordon, uh, uh, steps in, uh, ahead of Philip Lindsay at the tailback position. Royce Freeman, now, uh, number three on that list. uh, uh Bellamy, despite that, um, uh, 60 grand uh, guarantee I'd still look for him to go on the the practice squad especially with no OTAs no off season. it's going to be hard for some of these rookies to make the team um, at right guard you got um, uh, Graham Glasgow who got big bucks uh, four years 44 million and then at center you got Lloyd Cushenberry so they did quite a bit I know a lot of people wanted the left tackle, but uh, you know uh, Garrett Bowles is in his fourth year as a first-round draft pick talent. He'll compete with Elijah Wilkinson in training camp. May the best man win. Uh, Bowles should win that. We'll have to see. Uh, the other key is Juwan James staying healthy. They paid him seventeen million last year for nothing. They're paying him ten million guaranteed this year. So the offense is going to be really young. But here's another change they made. Instead of um, Rich Scangarillo and T.C. McCartney, a quarterback coach, Scangarillo, the offensive coordinator, they were both rookies at those positions last year. And I thought the Broncos struggled early. Once Flacco went down, though, I thought Skangarillo's creativity went down. And both T.C. McCartney and Skangarillo deserve a lot of credit for how they brought along Drew Locke who, despite 12 weeks on IR, played very well in the final five weeks. Um, and But as they go forward, a lot more experience at offensive coordinator in Pat Shermer and quarterback coach at uh, Mike Shula. So uh, they have 49 years of NFL experience. So that'll help as they try to bring along this new offense. And then on defense, it's a veteran group led by Vaughn Miller, Bradley Chubb goes into his third year coming off an ACL. They pick up Casey, uh, along the front line. He'll be their stud there. They also had Draymond Jones in his second year. Shelby Harris returns. They pick up Christian Covington from, uh, the, who had been with Houston and the Dallas Cowboys on a one year deal. And then Mike Purcell, a veteran returns at nose tackle. So, uh, They're they're looking pretty stout along the front line. They didn't get the inside linebacker that they were hoping to, Todd Davis. Alexander Johnson returned there. At the cornerback position, they need Callahan, and they they picked up A.J. Boye. I think they need one more veteran cornerback uh, here. There's still a couple good ones. Prince uh, Amukamara. You have Logan Ryan that are still out there. Uh, See if the Broncos can get a one-year, $2 uh, million-type deal with one of those guys. But in the meantime, you got Devontae Harris. you got Isaac Yadam. They picked up uh, Michael um, Mudia. See if he can play some his first year. Uh, So they're they're stacked with number four-type cornerbacks. See if one of them uh, can move up to number three or number two if they want to ease in Callahan. And then at safety, they're set with Justin Simmons, uh, uh, Kareem Jackson, and Trey Marshall. I know a lot of people would like one more to replace Will Parks there. Um, at the special teams, they picked up uh, veteran Sam Martin to replace Colby Wadman. They still return Brandon McManus, and it looks like their long snapper, they want Justin Bobenmayer, uh from uh, Northern Colorado uh, to win that job. So... Uh, The Broncos is the way I see it, Um, because there's no OTAs, I think that's going to hurt the team as far as getting that offense, that young offense up to speed, but still, they should be better with all those added weapons. Clearly, they had the Kansas City Chiefs in their sights. That's a high-scoring offense with Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, um, they they know how to put up 30 points a game. The Broncos had not been putting up 30 points a game. Maybe they can get into the 20s, mid 20s would be a nice uh, progress for the Broncos this year if they can do that. Um, and I think they can be a nine and seven team. Uh, we'll see. Even without the off I think nine and seven. I I would say 10 and six as their ceiling if they had an off season. But uh, let's let's find out more about Drew Locke. You know, I, I'm it five games. Uh, he had the big win against the Texans. Uh, then he had win against uh, teams like the Chargers, Raiders, and Lions, whose seasons were tanked by the time the Broncos uh, were losing. He struggled in the snow against Kansas City, uh, as anybody would. But uh, we'll have to see. I'm I'm I think nine and seven. I think the over and under from Vegas is going to be eight, maybe eight and a half. Um, I think nine and seven is possible. We'll see for the Broncos. Fangio has to get that defense playing stout also. So that's it for Kliss's uh, Mike mic drop. Thank you to John Elway and to Vic Fangio for the interview with, uh, uh me and nine news on, on Friday night, and also Thursday night and Saturday. Um, uh, very entertaining every interview. Uh, we'll do this, uh, Cliss's mic drop periodically during the off season, but, uh, what an offseason the Broncos had. Big in free agency, big in the draft, should be much improved. See how it translates onto the field. So thanks for tuning in, everybody, and we'll see you again next time.